Hallelujah. The Lord is risen. The indeed. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you. It's that, it's that reminder that we have at the beginning of the service, and I like to remember at different times that we are still in this time of Eastertide. Um, another reminder in our service, something that we hadn't really talked about uh, this year around, but is our Paschal candle. Um, it was first, uh, we first lit it, I brought it out, and we lit it on Easter Sunday. And it's a reminder that, um, that it's for the first 40 days of Eastertide that Jesus was walking here on earth. He rose and that he was walking and he was appearing um, to the disciples at different times. Um, yes, you've heard that um, Eastertide is 50 days because it's 50 days until Pentecost. And yes, it is. But he only walked here he only appeared to people for the first 40, and then he ascended. So the candle um, is, is our reminder and our symbol of that, of that season of our time. As John mentioned at the, um, right at the beginning of the service, that during this time, you know, we're looking forward to that time of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes, but the scriptures more and more are pointing to us to tell us about um, what life is like um, once the Holy Spirit comes. That's the book of Acts. That's what the whole book is about. Um, I love studying the book of Acts because um, there's, it, there's so much there that really points for us for how... Um, we as Christians and how we as a church um, can be moving forward and can walk in our faith and what that can look like. In today's scriptures, um, we get reminded. The, the gospel reminds us of, um, of, you know, Jesus came and he told us that um, he is the good shepherd and those who follow his voice um, are, are the ones who are going to be with him. You can't get in, you can't um, get into heaven any other way but by that good shepherd, um, but by following his voice. And it's Jesus is that, is that voice. And so today, as we kind of look, we're going to focus on, on the Acts passage, but it's all in this in this, looking through the lens of what does it look like? How are things different because of Jesus coming, because of the sacrificing work that he did on the cross and the fact that he is risen and is with his Father? How, is, how do we have to live differently? And Acts gives us um, kind of a good picture um, of two specific things that we'll focus on in the two different sections of Acts that, that we read. Um, to begin with, um, that first part, when, when we open up and really see how there's these growing pains of the new, of the early, early church. Um, ironically, lots of times people say, hey, if we only go back 
and act like they did in the beginning um, churches, we wouldn't have any problems. Clearly, that's not the case. Clearly, people were feeling forgotten already. As we hear the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebraic Jews were saying, hey, wait a minute. Um, you know, one is getting forgotten and one is getting all the food. Wait a minute. What's going on? Um, and this is a good picture that as um, the church is growing, um, just kind of um, faster than they can even keep up, um, that they are um, running into problems. And one of the things that um, the Holy Spirit, that which um, Jesus sent um, on Pentecost to help guide us, that he kind of granted the wisdom for the apostles of saying, okay, how do we deal with this? Do we just lay down the law? And it's like, no, that's not the same. We've got a problem. Some people are being forgotten. We're not exactly sure why. You know, the scripture doesn't tell us why they got for forgotten, why one group was getting, getting more food and the other one wasn't. But the way their description of them kind of gives us an idea. One are Aramaic-speaking and one are Greek-speaking um, widows um, and of the Jews. And so we get right there, we get this idea that there could have been a language barrier. Um, but kind of in today's language, there are some cultural differences, not in what they believed, but in the way that they lived, and that that may have been part of it that, that fell into it. Either way, one of the first obstacles, um, practical obstacles, that the church faced is how do we make sure that everyone gets taken care of? In a new church, you know, Holy Trinity is a new church. Um, and w we ourselves will be coming up um, facing different things. For there, they said, okay, then we need to develop some, um, a little more organization. These days, a lot of people are saying, nope, too much organization is really bad. Unfortunately, if you have zero organization, nothing gets done. Nothing happens. No one gets taken care of. And we know that one of a very important thing that Jesus believed in is that you had to find a way to take care of people. He had to love them, and that means taking care of them, having compassion on them, not leaving someone out. And especially when it comes to, he said, it's we read in the Gospels more than once how important the widows and the orphans are, that we have to take care of them. So if some widows were being left out, that, you just can't have that happening. So they said, well, you need to find some people who are full of the Spirit and of wisdom. And so they, they um, picked out these seven, um, in this case, seven men, um, laid their hands on them and said, you know, this is what you're in charge of. Um, waiting tables, um, um, they hear that. We heard that um, described that way. Another way of saying that, kind of the same, the same phraseology that was used in Luke is saying to serve others. And so saying to serve others, as we know, that's really important to Jesus. So these men um, 
people who were ordained to go forward and make sure that people were taken care of, that the church, that everyone's needs were getting met, those that needed help um, to do that. Um, it didn't stop them from um, sharing, sharing the word. They had, to be, they had to be wise and full of spirit. Because then we go on and hear about Stephen, um, about how he went about, and he was constantly sharing about Jesus to everyone that he ran across. Um, this, this part um, that came up, um, this um, kind of consecrating these, these seven people um, and who these seven people kind of represent in the, in the church today is kind of that, the, the role of the deacon, um, that to make sure that people's needs get met. Um, you have other, other things that are a part of it because God can use you in many different ways. Um, but it's, it's making sure that people's needs get met is the primary thing. But then as the Spirit leads um, to move forward in that. And so then we see Stephen, as I had mentioned. He... Um, he, he made sure he was a part and making sure that everyone got taken care of, but, oh, he wanted to make sure that people understood um, the purpose that Jesus died for and, of, and that he was the Messiah and that um, he's the one that we all have to look towards, that this good shepherd is the way, is the way forward that there's a reason that we, there's a hope both in life and in death. And some people, um, I, run, I run across this a lot when I'm in the, at the hospital um, because that's when mo a lot of people, um, they're all of a sudden, they, they're, they're, they get confronted with, well, what do I believe? And it's like, well, I believe this because I, I want to know what comes after life. Um, but one of the things I think we see so strongly um, in Stephen, and we even got a glimpse of it in our reading in Peter, that there's a hope in what's to come after life, but there's also a hope in what we're living right now, that there is so much that God has for us and he's calling us to in today's life. Um, there's ups and downs in it, um, but he um, is calling us and saying the church, the people, faith is, is an everyday thing, that we have this, this, there is a hope as we keep walking forward, even when things get hard, even when we don't understand, even when we have this government over us. Because um, remember, um, you know, after Easter, you know, the disciples were trying to remember um, in, in, in those first 40 days that they just watched who they thought was their Messiah die on a cross. And so they... They were having to try and overcome um, what, what the world was telling them. That, <laughs> no, he's dead. He's, 
you know, that's done. It's beyond that. That there's more, um, but that there's more to it and a faith. Well, in Stephen's life, as, as, as we heard, um, he, he was, he's, he's the first known martyr um, um, in Christianity. Um, but we saw that he was sharing all of this with people. You know, the power of the Spirit uh, was very strong in him and said that he was full of the Spirit's power and grace and, and all the things that he did. However, he really, the uh, non-Jesus-believing Jews didn't care for that, did not care for what he had to say, and they got a little annoyed. There's, there was a whole chunk that we didn't read, and it was all about when uh, Stephen's response to the Sanhedrin the response saying that he was blaspheming, saying Moses, you know, wasn't real, you know, you know, d disregard everything Moses said. Well, his was, and they said, well, is this true or not? And he, he went on to sh talk about the ministry of Moses and how the people kept having this tug of war with them because they kept turning away from God, kept turning away from God and Moses. And he basically proved that, oh no, he, he knows exactly who Moses is. And that he was very important. And just as the people disregarded Moses so much of the time, then he turned and accused them and said, just the way um, you denied the Messiah and killed him and just turned turned that away. And as you heard, um, the Sanhedrin did not like that. The leaders did not like that. Turned on him. I love the picture <sighs> when he said, when they accused him and said, no, you know, you're blaspheming. He looked up and said, look, heaven is open and there's Jesus standing the right hand of God. They, I could just picture this. They closed their ears. That's what the scripture says. They closed their ears. And can you just, you know, send this, la, 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 nope, I'm not going to believe it. Nope, 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 nope. Because they couldn't. Because what did they did, what they did next, they could not even listen to themselves or see what they were doing as they turned impure evil and, and stoned him. And that's what we see in today's world. There's no way that people can have open, open eyes, open hearts, and do that kind of a terrible thing. There's no question that what they did to Stephen was absolutely terrible. Um, it didn't have to happen. And it was just so similar to that picture of, of Jesus that had a sham of a trial, um, and then he was killed um, in, his, in his innocence in this case. But one of the things that I wanted to point out, um, that as we, you know, we first talked about that, um, showed how much we have to take, make sure that we are still serving each other and, make, and caring for each other. It's one of those things 
as, as we follow in the Good Shepherd's way, and we follow in Jesus' way. Stephen also showed us, at the end of his life, one of those other really big things that we have to follow in, that is so against what the world is, um, and that Jesus reminded us during his ministry here um, that is so instrumental um, in it and that really makes, is one of the, one of those defining features, you know, there's the love of Christians, but that is one of the last things he said. Anyone remember what was the last thing that Stephen said before he died? Pardon? Forgive them. Forgive, forgive what they are doing. Similar words that Jesus spoke. But he was follow, Stephen was following in his Savior's footsteps in the sense of saying, I know what's important, and this is one of those things that I have to stand up for what's different, and that is I have to forgive them even though they are killing me. And it's one of the hardest things in this world is to forgive those who wrong us. Um, we're, we so much want what's fair in life. Life isn't fair. And unfortunately, when Jesus tells us that we need to forgive others as we have been forgiven, he's not asking us to play fair um, either. But just as we are trying to follow, follow him as our shepherd, um, we have to forgive even when it goes against every fiber of our being. Even when the stones are coming at us and it's killing us, we have to forgive because that's what he told us we needed to do. In today's in today's world, um, a lot of times um, Christians don't necessarily look a whole lot different than non-Christians, because you know, while here in this country Christians aren't persecuted like they are in in many other countries. Um, we can still get a blowback for, for what our faith is and expressing what our faith is. Um, and and we, that isn't comfortable. We don't like that. We don't want to put our jobs on the line. We don't want to put, um, um, be known as someone who's, um, who's different necessarily. Um, but he does call us to be different. That's one of the things um, kind of, you know, Stephen stood out because he responded differently and he used and the holy and he allowed the holy spirit to work through him um, and that's what we are looking at is saying okay and how we how we are different is by listening to the holy spirit and allowing the holy spirit to flow through us and whether it be in speaking to other people in forgiving them in loving them in serving them or as we heard in, in the letter to Peter of, of respecting even those people who don't deserve respect. 
go back and, and read those sections of, you know, you know, from slaves respecting their owners, um, as wrong as slavery may be, saying you still respect them, to respect the emperor. He actually said, respect the emperor. That just kind of goes against, it's like, nope, you don't have to de deny your faith, and you, you may get persecuted if you don't deny your faith, um, but you will be give, granted the strength to stand, the strength and the peace when you stand by your faith in whatever circumstance you are. Um, Stephen had, had a peace, that peace, that peace that Jesus left here for us, um, for each one of us. The peace I leave with you. My peace I leave with you. That peace through the Holy Spirit is how we stand and look different. Um, loving those who are unlovable. Caring for those um, who don't care for us. Sharing the hope of Jesus both in this life and in the life to come. And in those times when, when so much, when things can be so hard, um, in, in the world here, whether um, being growing pains um, um, in our church, I, I, I'm sure as this church grows, we'll c come up and get saying, hmm, here's an issue. And we'll come together in prayer and find a way through it and find solutions. And that's part of that wisdom that the Holy Spirit grants us. But in our everyday life, whether it be with our colleagues, our neighbors, um, patients, as, as the case may be, um, anyone that we come into contact with, there will be times when things are darker than others, that, um, that we don't understand how, how God is going to walk us through this part. Because um, life has its ups and downs. There have no promises of everything being good. Even if we follow every rule, it doesn't mean that life is always going to be great. But then we can remember um, and be reminded to keep turning back to our good shepherd. And, and this psalm that is such the beloved psalm, that in closing, I'm going to end with this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes us lie down in green pastures and he leads us beside the still waters. He refreshes our souls. He guides us along the right paths for his namesake. And even though we walk through the darkest valleys, we won't fear evil because God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. 
Lord, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our heads with oil and our cup overflows. Surely your goodness, Lord, and your love will follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord.